Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to City Church. Welcome to uh, Buena Park High School here. If I could ask you guys always a favor that you would be praying for this school. Um, we don't just meet at this school. We're not just using this school's campus just so that we could gather as church. We want to have influence at this school, and that's been my prayer. Would I, could I ask you guys this? Would you be praying that God would open doors for us to be able to bless this school? To be able to do things, uh, you know, whether it's help out the staff or the, 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 the students or, you know, that we would be able to, to, to share God's love, share the gospel message, even if it's just through our actions, but that we would be able just to love on this school. Um, this is my alma mater. I graduated from here, and so this community is very, um, uh, I take it very personally, you know what I mean? Because I, I want to see this, this community thrive, and the only way it's going to th- thrive to be honest with you, it's through the love of God. It's through them coming to know who Jesus Christ is. Um, but, you know, there's things that we can do. So would you, would you please partner with me in praying that, that what kind of influence could we have um, at this school? Um, that would be great. So I was asking God, I said, Lord, you know, what, what is it that you would have me, you know, share? And um, I, I just, this word kept coming up in my mind just over and over, just unbroken, unbroken, unbroken. And so, of course, the first thing I thought about was the the book, which later turned into the movie, uh, about Louis Zamperini. How how many have ever heard of the book or seen the movie Unbroken about Louis Zamperini? And it's interesting because the book is about his life, and, and the book is titled Unbroken, but if you read his story, he was actually a very, very broken man. And I understand what the, the story that they were trying to tell. In fact, uh, if you guys are familiar, Angelina Jolie made a movie about his life, but she only took the first half of the book, the first half of his story, which is him, you know, during, uh, you know, uh, being an athlete. He went to um, the uh, Olympics in Berlin. Uh, and then he fought in World War II. Uh, he became a prisoner of war, which was part of, you know, why they call him unbroken. That he went through this, this terrible ordeal. I mean, literally, they tried to break him. And, and, but the, the movie just kind of ends there with their liberation and, and with World War II ending and, and, and Louis Zamperini going home. And then that's it. But the thing is, is that's not his story. His story continues, and I'm, I'm so happy they're actually making a second part to that movie. Uh, a Christian production company is finally doing the part where he comes back home, and they're showing the real story of actually a very broken man. Louis Zamperini came home and was broken in every way. He had been broken physically, he had been broken mentally, and he had definitely had been broken spiritually. And so I started to think about that. Lord, you're telling me that this word unbroken, unbroken, but what does that mean? And to be honest with you, Lord, and if I'm going to be honest even with my own life, I see nothing but brokenness in me myself. I see nothing but brokenness all around me, whether it's people physically broken or, or mentally broken or, or spiritually, Lord God. What, is, what do you mean by being unbroken? And so I started to look into the scripture and I started to read and I started to really, really see that, you know what, sometimes we have to come to a place of complete brokenness 
for God to build us back up in his image and who he created us to be. And then and only then through God's power and through his Holy Spirit do we become unbroken. Amen. I want to look at the scripture first. It's in uh, the book of Luke. I've, if you guys got your notes with you, I just literally threw every scripture uh, down that I'm going to be talking about today so that you can take this and you can just meditate on these scriptures all week long. But it's about being unbroken. And for the, for the next, you know, three weeks, skipping over Mother's Day, we're going to be talking about, you know, what does it mean to be unbroken? But what does it mean to be broken in some different areas of our lives? And today I'm going to specifically focus on the mind. What does it mean to mean to be unbroken in our mind? And also, what does it mean to be broken in our mind? Luke chapter 20, verse 18 says, Whoever falls on that stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now, let me explain. Jesus was called the chief cornerstone. Okay, And a cornerstone is how you start to build a building. You have to have the chief cornerstone to start a building so that it will, be, it will build true. And Jesus was saying, I am that stone. Now listen, there's two ways of being broken by the cornerstone, by being broken by Jesus. You can either fall upon it and you can be broken in a good way. You can, your chains be broken. Your, your sin be broken. Be broken of all the things that, that hinder us. That, that's, how, that's falling upon the stone and being, and being broken. But then there's another way of being broken. There's this idea of, of the stone falling upon us and it literally crushing us and turning us to powder. You see, that's the way and that's the, the area that I, that I want to help you stay away from. This idea of, of rebelling against God. This idea of saying, I don't need Jesus and I'm just going to do it on my own. That's the kind of brokenness that isn't good. But there is a good broken. And that's what I want to talk about today. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. You can either be broken before him or crushed by him. God wants us to be whole, mind, body, and spirit. So let's first establish that we are not God, right? Amen? That we do not think like God. In Isaiah 55, 9, it says this, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. Okay, so let's just establish this right here for all of you who try to think for God. And by the way, uh, I'm guilty of that. God says this. He's just kind of laying the groundwork for you that, listen, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Okay, I'm God and you're not. Let's just establish that. So for those of you who get into this kind of war of, I think I know God's this, and I think I know God's intention, and I think I know, stop thinking for God, okay? Because he's already told you, the way you think isn't the way I think, amen? It's not the way I think. We need to understand, and we need to start with, we are not God, and we need to stop thinking for God. After the fall of man... There became distance between God and man. 
distance. Man no longer knew who God was. Man no longer walked with God. He no longer understood God. And, and this is what happened in Genesis 6-5. It says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought and imagined was consistently and totally evil. This is a picture of what happens if God just allowed us to, all right, I'm just going to let you run this thing. I'm just going to leave you to yourself. I'm just going to allow you just to have free reign. This is what happens. This is what happens. Every thought or everything they imagined was consistently and totally evil. You see, this is what sin does. This is what happens when, when, when we allow sin to rule our life, when we allow our flesh to dictate our decisions. Eventually, everything that we think and everything that we do will be completely evil, will be completely contrary to what God would think and do. Okay, so we're sinful. So we're broken. So how do we live life with an unbroken mind? How do we do it? Well, the Bible is very, very clear. Romans 8, verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Okay, we've established that. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace. I don't know about you, but peace is something that I wrestle with every single day. I need that peace because I feel anxious all the time. I need that peace because the world just seems to be, you know, coming at me and it just seems to be in turmoil and I, and I, and I seem to want to instantly become fearful and worried and this and that and completely, you know, and I need God's peace. I need God's peace. And he's saying, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads a life to peace. Life and peace. Life and peace. So here it is, you guys. We need to stop living by the flesh. We need to stop living by our selfish desires. We need to stop living in our sinful nature. And we need to start allowing God's Holy Spirit to come, to fill our minds. Jesus even gave us a starting point that came with the greatest commandment. Here it is, Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, listen, you need to give everything. Every part of you needs to be submitted to God. Every part of you needs to love him. It's easy to love like in the emotional, right? When you're feeling good. It's easy to love when, when things are going well, right? It's even, sometimes it's even easy to love, uh, you know, in the physical, you know, to do something, to serve somebody or to go buy, you know, your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend flowers or whatever like that. But what about loving in the mental capacity, it's a daily choice. You see, to understand love, you have, to, you have to look at marriage. My wife and I have made a covenant with each other. We have chosen to love each other. 
To be honest with you, there are mornings that I wake up and I don't feel in love. I don't feel butterflies all the time. In fact, we may have had a fight the night before. But every single morning, I make a choice to love her. I make a choice that I had made a covenant with her that that we are in this together. We are in this till death do us part. You see, that's the kind of love we need to have for God. It's not about that I go to a church and I get all emotional and I get all butterflies and I feel all great and then I, you know, because to be honest with you, I'm going to wake up the next morning. That feeling will be gone. But I will choose to love you, Lord. I will choose to serve you, Lord. I will choose to obey you, Lord. And where does that choice start? It starts in the mind. It starts in our minds. This command encourages us encourages us to love God with everything that we are. So Jesus also promises the helper. You can ask the Holy Spirit for help. You can ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in your decision-making. John chapter 14, really verses 15 through through 29, it talks about the the gift of the Holy Spirit. It talks about, listen, Jesus said, listen, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to physically leave you, but I'm not going to leave you orphaned. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be left alone to try to figure this all out by yourself. You're not going to be left alone to try to wonder, well, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to live this life of serving God? He says, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide you. And I love it because he actually gets to this place in John 14, 27, and it says this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The world, you guys, can never, ever bring you peace of mind. You are never, ever going to get to a place in this world with your job or in schooling or in, you know, whatever part of your life. The world's not going to offer you some place where you're going to go, ah, I just have this, such this peace. I'm so tranquil. Everything's great. Everything's going so good in my life. Jesus is warning us. It's never, ever, the world is never, ever going to offer you that. But he says, but I offer you that. I offer you peace of mind. And let me explain. You want to know where you find that peace? You find it in the middle of the storm. You find it in the middle of your problems. You find it in the most broken place that you've probably ever been. That's when you finally clicks over to you and you go, I get it. It's not about me. It's about him. And when I bring him into my situation, he doesn't take away the situation. The situation doesn't doesn't disappear. What he gives me is a peace about it. And then I know, in my mind, I know that God's got my back. I know that he promised never to leave me. I know that he's going to get me through it. I know that there is an eternity that he's promised with him. So here are the ways God helps us in our thought life. I don't know about you, but if there is one war that wages every single day of my life, it's in my head. It is in my head. Psalms 94, 19. 
When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Remember, you guys, God is our comforter. It's in his very nature. I used to have this picture that God was, you know, way up there, and I was way down here, and, and, and whatever I was going through, you know, he didn't quite know unless I, you know, made a big stink about it and yelled and shouted and said, God, wait down here, help me, help me. God loves you so much. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're experiencing. And he is, by his very nature, a comforter. He wants to surround you with his love. He wants to hold you in his arms. He wants to tell you, you're going to get through this. So just know, know that. Know that you're not alone. Know that God is, you know, God's not too busy doing something else and he's just leaving you to your own, you know, situation or whatever it is. Know that God is with you. The God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth is with you. Amen? Amen? Psalms 119.69 says, O Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promised. You guys, that's a promise from the Lord that he will help you. He will help you make right decisions. Through his Holy Spirit, again, with the help of the Holy Spirit, he will help you make wise choices. I want to encourage you something. Bring God into every single situation in your life. And let me explain why. Even the little things. Even the little things, bring God into the little things. I used to only bring God into the big stuff, right? Someone is sick, so I would go and pray to the Lord. Some, you know, something tragic had happened, so I would go and pray, you know, God, this and that. Or, or you know, my wife and I were going to make a big career move or, or move, you know, physically to a new city or something like that. That was the only times that I would seem to bring God into the situation. But why not bring God into every single situation in our day. Why not allow him? Because to be honest with you, he wants to be a part of your everyday life, not just the big decisions. He wants to be a part of the small decisions too. Because if you learn to discern and listen to his voice in the little stuff, then when the big things come along, you'll know it's God. You'll know it because you have this kind of daily, you know, interaction with him. He will give you a discerning mind if you ask, if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Colossians 4, 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. How are we going to try to think for God, or how dare we, you know, try to figure things out if we are not daily communicating with him, if we are not daily seeking his face, if we are not daily saying, Lord, here I am, guide me, show me what to do. How dare we go about our days and then go about our weeks and go about our months and go about our lives and not go to the one that has all the answers? and expect to try to figure it out on our own. 
The one who can see the puzzle piece, you know, the puzzle all put together where we're only staring at these two pieces and trying to, to fit them in, wondering what this whole, whole thing is about. Devote yourselves to prayer, you guys. Devote yourselves to prayer. It's not just a Sunday school lesson. It is life. Having a daily prayer life, having a daily, you know, come to the Lord time, whether it's in your car, whether it's by your bedside, whether it's, you know, sitting in your cubicle at work, where it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter, you know, how you got there, it just matters that you come before the Lord. It just matters that you seek his face because then you'll find that peace of mind. Then you'll have a discerning mind to make right decisions, not decisions based on your flesh, not decisions based on, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling at the moment. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. I love the scriptures. I was looking through all these scriptures that talked about our, our thought life and talked about our minds. And it also says collectively, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we should, we should be of, of one mind. Because here's the thing. The enemy is going to want to come and divide us. The enemy is going to want to come and separate us. The enemy is going to want to come and isolate you. And the minute you become isolated, you become an easy prey, an easy attack by the enemy, and that's when your thought life can just become, you know, completely wacko, completely all over the place. But when we come together like this, you guys, when we fellowship together, this is where we can become one mind. This is where we can see what the Lord is telling us to do through his word. When we come together and worship and when we pray to him, we become then one mind. And then we go, yes, you know what? I needed that reminder. I needed that encouragement. I needed to hear from the Lord today. Remember, you guys, don't try to do this all on your own. That's why, you guys, we, we gather. That's why we do church. I'm not just doing church so that we can hold a club at Buena Park High School. I'm doing it so that the body of Christ will come together and we will, like as iron sharpens iron, we will encourage each other and we will become of one mind, as the Bible talks about, as Peter even addresses. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. You see, there's a process Give yourself an opportunity that, that just like when you were a child, you did things as a child. When, when you're a young believer, you're, you know, your thought life's still going to be kind of all over. You're still going to kind of you know, wonder about things. But just know that, that through time and through relationship with God and through reading his word and, and, and fellowshipping with the saints that you will mature. And that, that you will start to understand the heart of God. You will start to understand, and like kind of even going back to the previous scripture, you will start becoming one mind with the body of Christ. And then this, this last one, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. 
Another version says we take every thought captive. Have you heard that one before? See, I, I actually think I was misunderstanding that. I used to think that, that scripture meant that every time I had a bad thought in my head that I was supposed to like throw it in jail, like a little prisoner in my mind, right? That I had this little jail cell in my mind that every time this bad thought came along, I was supposed to grab it and wrestle it around and, and throw it in there. And I'm not saying that that's not a, a bad idea. It's good to, to examine every thought that enters our head. It's good to, to lay every thought uh, that we have at the foot of Jesus and, and those, those evil thoughts to crucify them. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong. But that's not what this scripture is saying. This scripture is talking about the lies of the world that are against the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is spend a few minutes on social media to know that everybody has an opinion about everything. And people are starting to push their opinions and their thoughts on you. And what the Bible is saying is that you need to take those thoughts and you need to destroy them. You need to cast them down because they are not the word of God. They are not the gospel And you need to rebuke them. You need to literally, utterly destroy those thoughts because they're not of God. If the things that are coming out of the world do not line up with the word of God, then cast them out. Destroy them. That's what the scripture is saying. We need to tear down all of those evil thoughts, all of those falsehoods, all of those lies that the world is trying to sell to you to separate you from the love of God. We need to tear them down. We need to get aggressive about it. We need to stop being the victims and just letting you know, us being tossed around in whatever the news says, whatever social media says, whatever my, you know, whatever my family's saying, whatever, whatever, whatever. If it does not line up with the word of God, and if it is not what the Holy Spirit is telling us, and it is false, and it is a lie. And we need to protect that. We need to protect our thought life. We need to not be afraid. Listen, I want to do something. Because I don't know about you, but if I had to pick one of these things and say, this is what I wrestle with the most, it's my thought life. Over the physical stuff, over the spiritual stuff, the one thing that I feel like is a daily, daily battle in my life is my mind. And I am tired. And I am exhausted. And I've given you the tools. I've told you what the word of God says to do that allow the Holy Spirit to start guiding you every single day. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, show me, guide me. Because I'm about to make a decision and I don't want to make the wrong one. Be careful of those thoughts that the enemy tries to, to, you know, fire at you. Those fiery darts of the enemy. That's why the, the, the helmet is called the helmet of salvation. Because salvation reminds us of who we are. Salvation reminds us of who we are. I am a child of the living God. I have been saved. I have been redeemed. And it reminds us and it puts us back in a place of our thought life. But I believe, you guys, that I'm not the only one. 
I sense that there's many of you out there that every single day there is a war in your mind. Every single day. And you know what? Today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God would heal you in your thought life. I want to pray that God would free you, deliver you. I want to pray that he would renew your mind. See, just like our, our, our body can be renewed and just even like our spirit, so can our minds. So can our minds. A, a prayer that I have, and it's, it's almost a daily prayer, is, Lord, wash my mind with the blood of Jesus. Wash my mind, because I know my thoughts aren't your thoughts. And I know that my ways are not your ways, Lord God. But that has become almost a daily prayer of mine. Lord, wash my thoughts. Because the enemy, that seems to be the place that he wants to get inside. And he wants to plant roots. Don't let him. Don't allow him. Can I ask, just, just uh, Gary and Star, just the two of you, if you guys would come back up here. And I want to ask my, my prayer team, if you guys would kind of come and, and, and line the, the stage. We're going to go back into a song of worship. But we want to pray for you this morning. If you would say, you know what? My mind is a battlefield. I need prayer. I would ask that you would come up and let us pray for you. Let us pray with you. I, I want you to know that it's something that I struggle with too. It's something that I need prayer for too. This isn't anything that I've got all figured out. But I believe what the word of God says. I believe that our minds can be made new through Jesus Christ. I believe that the blood of Jesus can not only heal us physically and spiritually, but that it can heal us mentally as well. I would ask that if you need prayer in that area of life, that you'd come and let us lay hands on you. That you would take it as seriously as serious as the enemy is taking it against you. That you would say, you know what, I'm not going to allow it to be a battlefield anymore, that I'm going to take the victory in this. We're going to go back into a song of worship, but I would ask that you would find some of us up here and let us pray for you. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and worship.